Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. On the line with us, Speaker of Singapore Parliament, Tan Chuan Jin, the Member of Parliament for the Marine Parade GRC since 2011. Good morning, Mr. Tan. How are you today? Hello. Good morning, guys. That's great to have you on with us. Thanks for taking time. And, Thanks for having me. You know, let's, let's start off by talking a little bit about your charity, uh, You'll Never Walk Alone uh, by uh, Tan Chuan Jin, the hashtag YNWA by Comchest. This is a very important charity in this COVID-19 area, area that we're in. Uh, tell us about that. What, what was the, the impetus behind it for you to start this? As, as you know, the COVID-19 situation is still unfolding as we speak. Of course, from a healthcare perspective, that's always a concern. But the economic ramifications probably will be as serious and not even more so. It's going to impact a lot more people. So in any society, there'll be those who are vulnerable, those who are, say, lower income, special needs, isolated, elderly, etc. And there are always needs that um, we in the government and as well as community can play a part to help them. So these programs have always been important. But the COVID-19 situation, imagine you know, when it's affected us in a particular way, uh, in a negative way, the impact is far greater on them. And the charities that help us with the programs uh, to look after them, they continue to be important. But the challenge now is that a lot of the charities are struggling and finding it very difficult to raise funds because obviously with the COVID-19 situation, a lot of the traditional fundraising methods, uh, you can no longer have your golf game, mm. your charity dinner, and a lot of these activities have ground to a halt. And it takes a while before we graduate on to more digital uh, types of approaches. And secondly, uh, as we all know, the economic impact on companies has been quite significant. So many of these companies no longer are able to donate as much or at all because they are facing economic challenges itself. Just Some just to stay alive, to look after their own workers as well. So this has meant that the programs that the charities run to look after the vulnerable amongst us uh, becomes quite difficult. So which is why I thought it was really important to perhaps initiate a campaign to remind all of us if we can support Comchess in this effort because we support 80 over charities that funds 200 over programs. And so, and especially with the, the theme, You Never Walk Alone, the song uh, becoming quite a rallying call for many during this period, not just in Singapore, but across the world. I thought it's a rap theme to try to invite fellow Singaporeans and others who are here in Singapore to make sure that the vulnerable never walk alone so they can support us in this effort. So I do hope that people can respond to this and donate what they can because the traditional sources for some of this funding has dried up for now you know, in a manner to speak. So if all of us can step up to the plate and chip in in small ways or big ways, it will really, really go a long way. Yeah, that's fantastic. We're speaking with Speaker of Parliament, Mr. Tan Chuan Jin, and just want to emphasise 100% of the funds raised from this campaign will go towards... 80 social service agencies that you mentioned in Singapore, particularly focusing on the disadvantaged, adults with disabilities, children with special needs and youth at risk, along with families in need. Can I ask, Mr. Tan, why did you particularly focus on those areas? And also, you're doing so much within the community at the moment. I look at your Facebook posts regularly. You're often going out and helping the less fortunate. What are you seeing on the ground that inspired you to set up this charity? I mean, how is it at the moment, on the moment when you go and visit apartments and families and so on? For me, as an MP on the ground in Marine Parade GRC, we do have uh, low-income families, vulnerable families whom we uh, have been helping 
uh, regularly in the past. Uh, for example, some of my elderly folks who are isolated provide meals. I've always been providing meals every single day of the year. So we work with groups like Willing Hearts and we collect the food and we distribute the meals. But obviously, the COVID-19 situation, there are challenges in having groups together together to collect the meals and so on. So we make it a point to then organize ourselves differently and to make sure that uh, our volunteers are correctly cleared because we do need proper regulations uh, to meet the regulations and then to then organize ourselves so that we are able to perhaps send out the food that we not, that they would normally come down to collect. Or similarly for rations, uh, that we provide them rations or sometimes they prefer to cook. How do we organize ourselves that way? And we realize that for many of them, they're doing well, but it can be very, very trying. You know, there's very cabin fever among many folks out there, right? So can you imagine for some of them who are living in the rental flats, some of them who are a lot more isolated, uh, who may not always be in contact with their families and so on, it does become very trying. But that's where volunteers play a very big role because, you know, we are in the comfort zone and Perhaps sometimes, as you know, it's a regular pastime. They're complaining about, oh, yeah, why this policy like this? I cannot go out and do that, etc., etc. But there are always others suffering mm. uh, much more than we do. And I guess um, being involved in this space helps us remember and perhaps remind us to be circumspect about our own conditions. All of us are being affected in different ways. You know, the, the government has put in billions of dollars of policies. But there will be those who feel, oh, why am I not getting this? Why am I not getting that? But I think it's helped to remember that there are others who are perhaps impacted in a lot uh, more significant ways. And if we are able to volunteer and give up our time, I think it really makes a lot of difference, uh, not just to the people who we're helping, but I think to ourselves as well. So it's important to help support charities who are also carrying out some of these programs. And therefore, raising funds would be one way. But if we are able to volunteer our time as well, uh, that's another way that would be particularly important because I do believe that society changes when more of us actually volunteer simply because we learn to look out for others, we learn to practice empathy, compassion, mm. and that sometimes is as, as important as donating money as well. But definitely money is very important in, in times like this because the charities do need to run those programs. So I hope that the listeners out there can contribute to this uh, fund for Comchess. In some ways, it's uh, reinvigorating that Kampong spirit that is often invoked uh, in, in Singapore in so many different ways. Uh, we're speaking with Speaker of Parliament, Tan Chuan Jin, uh, MP for Marine Parade, and, and talking about the You'll Never Walk Alone charity. By the way, where can how can people uh, contribute to this charity? Is it is it only sending money, or can they actually physically volunteer to do any work uh, in a safe way? How do people participate in this? Well, for, for this campaign particularly, it's raising funds so that we can fund the charities who run the programs. And of course, for in terms of running programs, uh, some of them will involve charities, as, involve uh, mm. volunteers as well. So I would say that uh, really the funds will really go a long way. In the midst of COVID-19, obviously volunteering can be a bit more challenging uh, because there will be some restrictions. However, it's uh, always worth reaching out to some of these charities out there and asking them uh, what volunteering uh, possibilities there are. Because as measures begin to ease up or there will be certain conditions under which we will be permitted to whitelist so-called some of the volunteers uh, involved in certain programs. Yeah. So that remains important. And what's the, the, what's really the link or how, how do they actually donate to this? Uh, do Donation-wise, yeah. uh, you can... Uh, can 
tune in, uh, like on my Facebook, we put up links that are there. Mm. So there's a You Never Walk Alone campaign. So I've uh, sort of an account with GiveAsia.sg that does that. Uh, but different organizations uh, have that same campaign as well. So it's a whole series of campaign run by different people with a parent sort of campaign under You Never Walk Alone for Comchess. Got it. And then in terms of volunteering, you can always go on to, say, giving uh, giving.sg, and you can actually check uh, what, or SGCast app, and you can check what are the volunteering opportunities that are there as well. Mm. Uh, Mr. Tan, I've always admired your frankness, as you know. We're speaking on the day that, the, unfortunately, the Singapore Formula One has just been cancelled. Uh, I'm sure other events will take a similar route, which means we could see increasingly more people needing help as we move forward. As I say, you're on the ground. What, how do you see Singapore moving forward into phase two? Well, the conditions are extraordinary. I mean, that's something we need to remember because it's enveloping the world in ways which is, you know, one can hardly prepare for a pandemic of this scale. And, and the impact, like I said, isn't just purely healthcare. So that's one area of work that continues to remain important uh, to make sure that we make, look after everyone's lives. But as the government says, it's also about balancing life and livelihoods. How do you then try to open up as much as you can? Because, you know, we, we sometimes say, oh, why don't we be more strict with this, close, you know, close down this, close down that. But we all know that it impacts uh, people's livelihoods in a big way. And ultimately, it's about jobs. It's also about the impact on their social, economic, mental well-being. I would say that it's, it's, a, it's the crisis of our lifetime and mm. perhaps of not just our generation, but several generations. I don't think we would have faced anything quite like this before. So in, in a way, it's about our resilience. It's something you can talk about, but what does it mean, right? And how do you respond? And there will be those affected in different ways. And this is where either you talk or you walk the talk and do something about it. Absolutely. And there are, there are a lot of opportunities for us to do something. And, and what I'm really moved by is that there are many Singaporeans out there just stepping forward to do something for fellow Singaporeans and for others who are affected. I volunteer with the mig- in the migrant worker space. There are many Singaporeans helping out to look after our migrant worker friends. And then there are those who are working with the vulnerable. I, I volunteer with the Civil Generation Office and a lot of the civil servants who are stepping out of the time to help the elderly who need to buy medicine but then can't go to the, the clinic to pick it up or to buy or just grocery runs. And there are those who help with food distribution. So many different areas in which we can step forward and make a difference. And I think in times like this, perhaps it's an opportunity for us to really stand up to be counted. Because in years to come, when we look back at this moment, would this be a defining moment in our lifetime where we really stood up to be counted and where the Singapore spirit really shone bright and strong? And, and it, it will define us. And we have a choice as to how we respond. 100% agree. We're speaking with the Speaker of Parliament, Mr. Tan Chuan Jin. And looking at it from a positive point of view, I agree that this is a generation-defining moment for all of us. And I'm very much obsessed with being on the right side of history when we look back and we say, did we do as much as we could have done in that moment? And I'm seeing positives, and I do think it's important to emphasise those as well. I did some volunteering for my uh, Senkang Community Club with mass distribution and form-filling. And what pleased me, Mr. Tan, is when I got in touch, I found out that I, I just assumed I would walk right in. There was a waiting list. There was a waiting mm. list of volunteers mm-hmm. wanting to do their bit for the community. I mean, I'm sure you're seeing and experiencing these kind of positive stories around Singapore as well. Indeed, uh, there, there are many. 
And I think it's really important for us to celebrate them. I know that, you know, sometimes in media we recover one or two, but they are just representative of many, many people out there. And if we are able to celebrate as many of those stories as possible, because sometimes, as we all know on social media, it can be quite toxic. There'll be people mm. be going on about various issues and it seems very loud. It seems as if they represent everyone, but it doesn't. There are many people who are focused on doing and not just talking. Correct. And it's really important because... Many people are putting themselves out there. They're sacrificing. I mean, you know, uh, with the dorms, for example, a lot of our guys are sacrificing time with the family and, and bearing some of those risks in terms of helping a lot of the vulnerable Singaporeans out there as well. Um, they're putting in time to go out. And that's where I think it really would, it, that's where society, I believe, begins to change when more of us begin to actually care for others and not just self. And it's something you can, you can not just, just, just talk about it. You can actually practice. And there's a certain, I think there's a joy. I mean, when you help out, there's a certain joy and satisfaction that comes when you stand shoulder to shoulder, of course, safely distance, uh, yeah. with, with fellow volunteers to help others. And like I said, the transformative effect isn't just for those whom we are helping. It's for us, the kind of people that we can be. And when individuals change and more individuals change, surely society changes with us. Oh. And that's the magic of the whole volunteering space, I think. Oh, believe me, when I did my volunteering, the aunties will soon tell you if you're not at appropriate distance away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm more, get back, get back. So they'll do it for you. Yeah, Mr. Tan, yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've seen so, so many good stories, as you've just mentioned, and, and Neil's mentioned of the volunteerism and the spirit that, that's coming up. And I, and I believe that when all is said and done, that will really be a highlight that we can look back on. Uh, and let's hope we can look back sooner rather than later. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, we are seeing these swings, you know, up and down in infection rates. And, you know, some days it's almost zero and then other days it, it's going back up. And, mm. Uh, mm. you know, after all of the time and effort that the government has spent on educating people here, and it has been amazing, all of the, the coordinated efforts there. Uh, what are your thoughts on how, you know, how how do we finally get people to really – you know, pay attention and to really do the right thing when it comes to their physical distancing so that we can get these numbers to zero consistently. I and mean, we just saw uh, New Zealand is now at zero, right? They did hard, hard mm. moves early on. Mm. And, and this week they've announced they're completely reopened. What do we need to do to get that mindset fully instilled? Because so many people are following the rules, but there are a few that aren't. Indeed, I think we're doing what we can, but this is where we need to take this quite seriously. Because mm-hmm. while indeed the fatality levels in Singapore is quite low, and even for those who become serious, but what we are reading and what we're finding out from others who are affected there, and if you are affected and you are unfortunately one of the few percentage points, well, you may not die, but you may uh, sort of develop it fully, it does a lot of damage to your lungs. Mm. And we need to take that on board quite seriously. And and there are steps that we can all take just to risk minimize. If you can work from home, work from home. If you don't need to go out, don't need to go out. If you don't need to linger around, don't linger around. Do the usual measures, washing your hands, make sure you wear your mask, don't touch your face to minimize all this. Not just to look after yourself and to look after others. And these steps go a long way in terms of making sure we minimize the spread. Now, I would say that it's very difficult to bring it down to zero because um, of the asymptomatic spread mm. and also because it is very, very contagious. It's, it's, you know, the, it, the, the great thing in a way is that it, it doesn't, not everyone who, who catches it develops it fully, but it is very contagious. And, and a percentage of that will develop 
it into slightly more serious, but we can treat it. But you do not want to overwhelm the healthcare system, which is why it's important to keep the numbers down as low as we can. And when we're able to do that, we're able to allow as much of life to proceed as normally as possible, simply because it affects livelihoods in such massive ways. For those who are low income, for example, they have a lot less buffer. And when activity stops, economic activity stops, their income stops, and that's it. It's the hit a brick wall, and 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 so it it is a very real impact. So when we uh, follow the measures advocated by government, it's about looking after us, it's looking after our loved ones, but it's also looking after our fellow Singaporeans, so that as much life can go on as possible, and so that we can, so that they can look after themselves and their families by earning a living. So. These measures are not far-fetched. I know that a lot of us, you know, why you can do this, this policy allows that. You know, it's very difficult to provide sort of regulation for every single act in society. The spirit, as Lawrence, Lawrence Wong tells us, the spirit is to minimize the content. So don't look at every policy and try to maximize the opportunities, you know. How come this policy allows that particular, you know, activity to be done, but this activity can't? It's, it's difficult to be absolutely consistent for everyone. Some activities seem like the same genre, but some activities perhaps uh, have the probability of more contact with others, and therefore at this phase, we minimize it. So I would say that in times like this, let's have uh, an element of trust, and let's just look at the bigger picture, and there will be the give and take, but when we all play our part, the road to recovery becomes a lot faster. Absolutely. And I just want to emphasize one point because I was speaking to someone yesterday. There seems to be a bit of a misconception there, Mr. Tan, that everyone who can return to work now. And I I keep emphasizing this point. If you can still work from home, you must continue to do so. Correct. Because that point, I think with some people like now, I just go back to work. It doesn't matter now. If you can work from home, you must continue to do so. That's right, isn't it? Yes, indeed. There will be jobs that actually we have come to realize that we may, it may not be quite as we may actually be able to work from home. We are very mindful that if everyone works from home, there is also an economic impact because when you're no longer at your office space and then you know the lunch at the local F and B area, all this gets affected. So it's not it's not trivial at all. But this, at the present moment, where we are trying to still minimize spread. So the message is this, if you need to go back to work, and it's essential, you go back. Uh, but where we are able to proceed and still continue to work from home, we should do that. And companies must look at that as well. So so you're right. I mean, it's, it's something. But I guess a lot of people, because they've hooked up during the circuit break, they're actually very happy to go back to office and meet their, staff, their fellow colleagues. But even as they do that, you perhaps don't go in every day if you don't have to. Uh, you can work out. And companies, I think, are learning to adapt and adjust. And that's something that we all need to do because it is extraordinary circumstances. But we can beat this. I think we have seen how other countries have dealt with it. In New Zealand, of course, it's great. But you know, in New Zealand, it's, people are a lot more spread out. A lot, the space is very different. Mm. Uh, and, and perhaps you know, they have a, a lot, much larger domestic economy, agriculture. We are very much fucked into the world. And our connectivity, in a way, exposes us to particular risks. But we need to be able to risk manage that well so that we can balance that. So I don't envisage that we could go down to zero. I think we need to go it down, bring it down to a level where our healthcare system can manage this comfortably so that we can deal with people who do get infected. And thankfully, many of them don't you know, end up becoming a lot more serious. But if they do, very high degree of uh, probability that we are able to treat them well, as we have done so, so far. And so every single person's action really, really counts. So we just need to be mindful of that.
Yep. And we, I'm going to use your words again. We can beat this. We will beat this. I keep saying it publicly. I keep saying it on social media. I'm very proud of what the vast majority of Singaporeans are doing. I think what you, you're doing every day, every weekend, I'm saying it. I don't care if you get embarrassed. I think it's absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I will continue to promote it on my social media. I have deliberately left the most controversial question to the very end, uh... talking about extraordinary circumstances. <laughs> Should the English Premier League be cancelled? and deny Liverpool the title? (laughs) Uh, Well, in times like this, I think uh, health concerns should be the most uh, significant. So, but authorities are looking at uh, resuming what they can and we leave it to them to, and each country will have to make their own decision. But, you know, it's been an extraordinary run by Liverpool. I mean, be that as me and I don't know, whatever club that you support. Um, It's, and for those of us long-suffering Liverpool fans, 30 years is a long time. And, you know, at the last gasp, you know, last couple of games to go, um, and then this happens. But I think, you know, as, as Klopp says, and many of the players in Liverpool, and, and frankly, many sportsmen and, and, and footballers in the Premier League have said lives are more important. And, I, and we do need to take it a lot more seriously. If it means, if it means missing out the title because you you can't resume the, the league for whatever reason, then that's something that we, we have to live with. Um, and we just need to make sure we get our priorities right. But as circumstances improve and if events can be held, that's great. I mean, not just for the people playing the sports and watching, but like I said, every activity involves many peripheral activities mm-hmm. where it involves people's livelihoods. And when things come back to normal, people can then also carry on with their jobs and they can get paid. I don't mean the footballers themselves, but a lot of staff, uh, people who are involved in this industry who obviously aren't earning as much, but it goes a very long way when their jobs resume because it means they can continue to earn a salary again. So I think it's really important for us to always remember that it's about lives and livelihoods and that balance is frightfully difficult. And I don't envy the task by the ministerial task force, but... Uh, they're doing whatever they can, and especially on the economic front, unfolding four budgets within a couple of uh, within a couple of months is extraordinary, and it's a very sizable chunk of our reserves that have been mm. put out there. But it's about us rallying together, regardless of whatever jersey that we team that we support, and we are one humanity. And the, and the thing is, we can make sure that people don't walk alone, and we by donating, by volunteering, and also by doing whatever we can to follow the regulations because the sooner we recover from this, the less taxing the situation will be on the vulnerable. And that's another way of helping as well. Mr. Tan, thank you so much for your time today and your work on your charity, You'll Never Walk Alone, and together, uh, hashtag YNWA by Comchest. Uh, I know people will be anxious to get out and, and donate, get on your Facebook page. Please and, do. And we really appreciate your time on Weekend Mornings today. Me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.